parents talk about, oh yeah, well, we're setting up the brackets and my son is helping me pick teams and it's all related and it's all just become so normalized. Being preoccupied with gambling all the time so you miss your kid's baseball game or you're, you know, you're really not interested in going Christmas shopping with your significant other because there's something else you'd rather be doing. Those are signs that you may need to cut back or go see a professional about getting help. We're ready for some football, the thrill of a win or the pain of a loss, but some could be losing a lot more than bragging rights for their team. Welcome to More Life. In this episode, Hartford HealthCare's Steve Coates welcomes Dr. Craig Allen, Vice President of Addiction Services at Hartford HealthCare's Behavioral Health Network, and Laura Zapiri, an addiction and substance abuse counselor in Glastonbury, Connecticut. They discuss some of the pitfalls of online sports betting. We're being bombarded with advertising, and while betting on sports might be fun, the normalizing of gambling, especially for young minds, could be putting us at real risk of developing a problem. Here's Steve Coates. Well, legalized sports gambling is a reality in Connecticut now. It was legalized earlier this year, and if you're in the demo like me, a 50-year-old guy who loves sports... You've been inundated by ads in your social media feeds, whether it's FanDuel or any of the other sites. Are you concerned? Well, I, I would be concerned about it. And and here's the reason why. Um, watching a football game a couple of weeks ago with my youngest kid and uh, pops up right next to the announcer, uh, you can bet on how many touchdowns so-and-so's team is going to score. Just uh, you know, log on to this website. I, I had never seen that before, and maybe my focus had been somewhere else. But I was startled, like I've been startled in the past by some types of uh, alcohol advertising, which seems to be focused on a population of pretty young people. And the and, and one more comment like that: I was coming back from um, my family's uh, visiting with my family over Thanksgiving, driving from the airport on Sunday night. From uh, the limits of Hartford, uh, one end to the other, uh, on the freeway, I saw seven, seven big, large billboards advertising different sports betting groups. Uh, you know, imagine if that was those were advertisements uh, for other addictive things like um, whiskey. <laughs> you know, <laughs> could you even tolerate that? Um, last comment on this: in the state of Connecticut, we have legalized marijuana as of july but there's a stipulation that you can't have um advertising that will hit on um, uh, more than 20 percent of that population the advertising is facing uh under the age of uh 21 under the legal age uh, yet there are a couple of billboards um that do advertise marijuana dispensaries in massachusetts um, and there's a big controversy over that. And the reason that the state hasn't been able to take them down, apparently, is because those billboards are actually owned by a company in Massachusetts. And so there's a big controversy. Apparently, there are no stipulations or concerns about gambling, but uh, gambling is classified as an addictive disorder by the American Psychiatric Association and has many of the same symptoms and many of the same sequelae. So I'll turn to Laura now, who runs a group for people who are addicted to gambling. Is the access, the availability something that, that you're worried about? Yes. Um, 
really concerned about that. And also, I mean, I have some years of, uh, of background in also working in prevention and community prevention and, um, in, you know, within Glastonbury. And so having a background with, with having been trained, you know, with a prevention, uh, kind of a prevention skew and the impact on youth. And so, although I might not be seeing it per se yet with any kind of legalized uh, sports betting or that type of thing, not yet. I have some clients with concerns regarding like lottery tickets and scratch tickets, which is also a concern. My concern is, is really for the youth um, and for this like early exposure, like Dr. Allen is saying with these, you know, billboards and just kind of being bombarded, just it's becoming normalized already that family members. So if I'm working with, you know, adults, uh, adult population um, who might think, oh, it's legalized. Well, it's, you know, like, oh, yeah, I have a problem with it or it's not a problem for me, but it's OK for my kid to do some some betting or we can, you know, I'm hearing a lot of um parents talk about, oh, yeah, well, we're setting up the brackets and my son is helping me pick teams and, um, you know, all of that. And it's it's all related and it's all just become so normalized. That's where I see concern where so these kids are growing up with their, you know, their brain development and being exposed to all these different things as, as it's normal and it's fun. That's where I see problems kind of beginning. And that's that makes me concerned. Yeah. You know, uh, Steve, the uh, what we often say when we're talking about adolescents and their exposure to addictive substances, we point out this this interesting uh, statistics, which are you know ninety percent of adults who have a substance use disorder were initially exposed to the addictive substance, whether it's cigarettes or alcohol or other uh, other drugs before the age of 18 and 96% of adults who have a substance use disorder were exposed before the age of 21. That has to do with the development of the brain and the vulnerability. And so this exposure that, that Laura's talking about to um, uh, gambling when, when young, um, you know, and, I, and I don't want to have a, a dark jaded eye, but uh, I do. And I think about, you know, the cigarette and tobacco industry, you got to build up your clientele for the future. And this, this is the way you do it. But from a public health standpoint, um, maybe we need to have uh, thought this through better and provide some protections for our youth. And this normalization of gambling does prevent people from seeking help until they're much further along. And we all know that if you can get someone early on when they're, exhi they're exhibiting problem symptoms, they're much more amenable to treatment than if they're in the throes of addiction or the throes of gambling. With addiction to alcohol or drugs, there's usually some physical signs um, of addiction. With gambling, what are some telltale signs? How can you know? How does the person know that it's become a problem? I think sometimes they know it's a problem, um, but they there's a lot of stigma and shame about it because of the um, casino industry and the gambling kind of fun aspect of it that if, if somebody says like, Hey, I'm having a problem with, with my gambling, or I've been losing a lot of money, or I owe a lot of people, you know, I owe, I owe money, um, or I can't stop that there's some, I don't know, societal kind of shaming. Um, so there's a lot of stigma attached to that. So they don't necessarily bring in my experience, they don't necessarily bring that up on their own, uh, unless they're asked specific questions. So if I'm doing an assessment on, on a client, an adult client that will come into a rush for program, one, we have a, a screening question on one of our screening instruments that asks that specific question. And so if that person 
you know, have you lost a certain amount of money or you can't stop this behavior despite, you know, many efforts and that type of thing? If that answer is yes, that's sort of a gateway question for me. And I'm always surprised, you know, like I would go further with that question and then and further screen them or offer them this group as an option. Even if there's a yes on that answer to that question, would they necessarily pursue it? They might just say, oh, they checked off yes to it. But I, f- I have found that, you know, that's that can be um, a great way to introduce it to people and to ask them questions and, and to break down the stigma a little and the shame and just ask them questions in kind of a kind, caring way that's um, more engaging than more stigmatizing. And I found that that increases a client's desire to kind of want to share more like, oh, oh yeah, well, yeah, I go to the casino all the time, or I owe this person a lot of money, or I can't stop this behavior. I didn't think it was a problem, you know, but I haven't told anybody about it, you know, but I, I'm in a lot of debt right now. And then that's a gateway for us to, to be able to support them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, and, and I like other addictive substances, you know, the signs and symptoms that someone's starting to have problems is, you know, the preoccupation, uh, thinking about gambling all the time, uh, thinking about alcohol all the time, thinking about cannabis all the time, thinking about marijuana all the time, uh, using uh, substances when you feel distressed or you're down or you're blue, uh, gambling when you feel distressed, gambling to relieve your your depression. Um, you know, with gambling, it has this sort of a, a classic component, which is a chasing your losses. You know, trying to get that, trying to get that money back. When you start to see these symptoms, then you're starting to think um, this isn't someone gambling for fun. This isn't someone having um, a difficult uh, couple of hours at the casino or online. This is someone who is at risk of uh, disrupting their life and the lives of the people around them. Um, you know, this, it can go on to affect uh, relationships, your job. And number one, as Laura would tell you, your finances. And that's typically how people come in um, because of the huge financial uh, burden. I guess with gambling, money is relative. A professional athlete betting a couple thousand dollars a hole in golf is different from, you know, somebody who doesn't make that kind of money betting their paycheck on football. And I guess in recovery, you know, you talk about rock bottom. So with gambling, how do you know when you've really reached that point? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that you would see, and Laura can comment on this too, of course, but I, I think that you would see it in um, in distress, social distress. But but this is this is part of what normalization does and what the casinos do. They, you know, you, you have a feeling that it's normal and that it's okay. I seem to be losing a lot of money. Um, and then you're having trouble in your relationship, but you're you're blaming other things. And you say, oh, it has to do with, well, if you would, uh, you know, if, if you didn't need to buy such, uh, you know, pretty uh, shoes, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't care so much about us not having any money in our bank account. Um, it, it stays hidden in that way. What happens in the brain with gambling? Is it similar to other addictions? You mentioned there's a rush, there's adrenaline involved in it. You have these changes that take place in the reward pathways of the brain. And uh, it involves dopamine and dopamine receptors. And it involves the parts of the brain that regulate your activities. The prefrontal cortex has to do, or the media prefrontal cortex has to do with the, putting the brakes on and reasoning through, should I bet it? Should I not bet it? Should I go? Should I not go? Um, that part of the brain changes. And the part of the brain that says, bet it, bet it, bet it, the reward pathway is revved up. And in functional MRIs that look at brain changes, look at actual structural changes, 
there's similarities between what you see in someone who has alcoholism and what you see in someone who has, um, you know, moderate to severe gambling disorder. Is it common for people with gambling addictions to be addicted to other things like drugs or alcohol? It's uh, it it is a common comorbidity, and and that's one of the reasons that. It's important for people in the mental health field and people treating people with substance use disorders to, as Laura said, to screen for it uh, because it is not uncommon. And um, in the in in treating addictions, people talk about a migration of addictions. So uh, you uh, you address the um, you address the alcoholism, and the person develops a problem with you know the cannabis is marijuana is what helps me uh, deal with those thoughts I have about alcohol, and then the person appears to have a cannabis use disorder, and um, alcohol is it's not uncommon to um, to either be co-occurring or to uh, fall into place after one of these other uh, disorders is addressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, anxiety disorders, depression, other chronic uh, medical illnesses, all can be associated with gambling. And your advice to people who want to gamble, partake in sports gambling recreationally, but want to make sure they don't have a problem, what's your advice to them? I, I think looking for some of these signs in in symptoms of a progressive disorder, which it can be, um, you can do it and you can have fun. Everybody uh, you know, knows people that have been betters or gamblers for a long time. Um, and that's, that's great. They're adults. Uh, they have fully formed brains and are able to um, manage their lives and have, they have budgets and so forth that they, they stick to. But uh, it's, it's when um, your gambling behaviors start to cause distress. Uh, they start to impact, as Laura said, your functioning, um, increasing amounts of money, start to feel uncomfortable if you're cutting down, uh, trying to stop and not able to, being preoccupied with gambling all the time. So you miss your kid's baseball game or you're, you know, you're really not interested in going Christmas shopping with your significant other because there's something else you'd rather be doing. Um, those are signs that you may need to cut back or go see a professional about getting help. And it should be comforting to, for people to know that there are places to get help. And we will give you um, a list on our website for some ways you can seek help if you have a gambling addiction, you think you have a gambling addiction, or someone in your family or a friend, a loved one has a gambling addiction. And Laura, we'll finish with you as you run this group in Glastonbury. What is your message for people who are struggling today? Yeah, again, and I, I really like, I guess the theme for me that's emerging out of this discussion is really the stigma um, that a lot of time and the secrecy and the shame, which is really common threads in all of, of substance use disorders uh, that that are sort of hallmarks of, of substance use disorders. And we in the field, I mean, we talk about them all the time. Family members and partners are aware that, you know, this person manipulates or they're, you know, they're lying about their use or they're lying about their gambling, but there's so much shame associated with, um, you know, especially with a, a person who can't pay their bills or can't, um, doesn't have money for grocery shopping or gambled away the money. So sports betting or casino gambling or whatever that is, um, it, 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 there's so much shame associated with it that a lot of times they won't even bring it up unless it's brought up you know, kind of gently in other terms of other topics, like how do you cope with things or what do you do for fun? And sometimes somebody says, oh, uh, I go to the casino every weekend. Okay, well, that's an in. And then we talk about that a little bit. So um, there's a lot of a lot of crossover, but a lot of 
I'm finding with a population like this, a lot of really gentle coaxing, like it's okay to talk about it and there are resources and we can help you with that. Um, it's nothing to be ashamed about. And, um, you know, there's, there's help out there and people who are going through the same thing, which is what they're also going to find if they engage in 12 step meetings like, um, Gamblers Anonymous and, and Gammonon. Thank you both. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve Coates, Dr. Craig Allen, and Lars Zapiri. Check the links in this episode's notes for resources to help if you know someone who may be struggling with a gambling or addiction problem. We'd love you to share this episode and subscribe to More Life for more episodes on a wide range of important topics. Just search Hartford HealthCare on your favorite podcast platform. For Hartford HealthCare, I'm Anne Ronde Pierre. Thanks for listening to More Life. I'm ready for my close-up. All the faces start to light up. You know I love this feeling. I got more life in my life. If you feel it, then you know. We can go anywhere we want to go. You're gonna love this feeling. We got more life in our life. Oh, I won't stop going. No sign of slowing. Now I know it. life.